0: Hi and welcome to The Cosmic Circle, the friendly neighborhood companion podcast to TheCosmicCircus.com, your source for news and reviews about everything science fiction, fantasy, and comic book. I'm Isla Ruby, and today we have an awesome episode. I'm joined by my two friends, Anthony Flagg and Drew. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm pretty
2: good. ready to uh, talk about some Mandalorian. Yeah, this is Anthony. It's Friday, so it's always a good start, you know, and <laughs> I'm always ready yeah. to chat with my friends. And glad Drew's here tonight. <laughs> Yeah I forgot to mention uh, this is Drew.
0: Our our very special guest because we don't normally get to talk to you on the podcast. I know we talk on discord and on twitter but you know it's different live and in person. Yeah
1: I'm definitely glad to be here tonight.
0: So tonight we have a super special episode. We're going to talk about the finale of the book of Bo-Katan you know otherwise known as the Mandalorian. Um, (laughs) The last episode The Return. It just aired this week and I'm curious, you know, what are your general thoughts? Was it like a satisfying conclusion to the, um, to the season?
1: So, yeah, like I made, I made a tweet where I said, um, the season finale is, is actually really enjoyable. It's a lot of fun if you can accept what happens and, and if you can accept what doesn't happen. I think a lot of people were kind of hoping for more, um, what more they were asking for I, I, to be honest i'm really not sure i think that they just wanted a better written plot i guess but um it was a great action episode i mean it was well directed too i mean i think it was one of the finest mandalorian episodes like in terms of cinematography and just how much action was in there i thought the stuff with um grogu and and din was really heartwarming i think I'm kind of happy. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I know that they kind of un you know, they undid every, every plot line from season two, essentially this season, <laughs> but it's just like, you can't help but like n- not love the fact that they're like in a little house, like in the middle of nowhere. It's just like, you just, you just can't help but love that.
0: And before I go, and before I let you go on real quick, if you're listening to this, there are spoilers. I probably should have mentioned that, but if you're listening to a finale recap, you kind of have to expect that
1: yeah i hope
2: so (laughs) Uh, the finale for me was great because it had a lot of things that classic star wars has you know has a a nice mostly satisfying conclusion we had droids which we don't get a whole lot of in mandalorian like he had the assistance of r5 helping him get through those gates i love that part with Mm -hmm. the mouse droids and everything and then (laughs) you had a nice action scene with the praetorian guards and with the dark saber rest in peace dark saber (laughs) um and, and, and you know, you had just a, a whole army approaching. Like, you know, it was awesome seeing dozens of Mandalorians flying in air at each other and just doing some cool moves. So I enjoyed it for for the finale itself. was a great episode, short and sweet. Didn't have to drag it out too long. Um, as far for this season, I understand where some people might see some frustrations, but overall if this would have been the series finale for mandalorian i would have been very happy especially Mm -hmm. with that closing shot
0: and we're going to talk about that later
1: yeah it does end kind of on like um i saw a lot of like you know probably like 30 percent of people saying you know like if this was the end it would work really well i think to some degree i i agree with that and i think to some degree it probably is a little bit of the end i mean um you know, they kind of talked about how everything, uh, uh, like Felony and Favre, I believe. I don't remember what exactly what press event it was at, but they kind of mentioned that everything has an end, and, and they're kind of getting to that kind of culmination. And you know, with the, the announcement and celebration of the movie, you know, you'd have to kind of assume that's probably it for you know the Mando and Grogu. I'm sure Grogu will continue on because there's just no way you can't keep using Grogu. But I'm assuming <laughs> there'll be some sort of there'll be some sort of resolution to everything. I think. Um, that'll kind of lead into the sequel trilogy.
0: Now, you mentioned Celebration. Were you surprised then, or it doesn't sound like you were surprised, that, um, you know, there was a lot of mention of Ahsoka. There was obviously a lot of mention of three movies and, and you know, Filoni's movie that kind of ties in all the TV shows. Um, were you surprised we didn't hear anything about a season four or, you know, anything moving forward about... I mean...
1: The Mandalorian takes its time with production. If you have, you know, like the last season that came out was at the end of 2020. It was a good, good time, you know, a good, good long while ago. You know, it kind of felt weird having new Mandalorian episodes, just based of how, how much of, you know, how much has gone on in the world since then. So it's, it's been a bit weird to like see new Mandalorian episodes. So no, I think you know i think it'll come out in probably season four i definitely think season four will get made based off the fact that favreau said that it's already written it's just about going in production into production and it'll probably do so probably by the end of the year um i know we have you know the the strike coming up that we'll probably talk about but um i think that'll probably affect you know multiple star wars projects but um yeah i think I would say, you know, season four probably coming probably like two years or so. It's
2: funny you mentioned the long gap because you know what I realized? That season two of Mandalorian, I didn't even know y'all. We weren't yeah. even acquainted, we weren't friends, yeah. we didn't know each other. That's Dude, how that long true? it was between yes it is, I promise you. So when did season one
0: air then? 2019. 2019. Because it came out.
2: They tied up uh, one of the episodes where Grogu used the force healing with the Rise of Skywalker where Ray did it herself. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, it was that same week. I'll never forget that. I do remember that. Mm -hmm. That was a
0: long long time ago. That was like a lifetime ago.
2: Holy moly. So that was the first thing. I was like, well, first off, it's been a while, but I'm so glad that we're here talking about season (laughs) three. Because... There in 2020, I'm like, all right, damn, they left us on a big cliffhanger, and then we got Book of Boba Fett a year ago. So even then, there was still a couple of years in between. We even saw what happened with them. Yeah, I think so. that kind of bridged the
1: gap a little bit. That's why it helped. It it, it did. It, it really it Book of Boba Fett really did feel like Mandalorian season three. I
0: mean, well, there there's the a lot. Part. There's a lot of Mando in the Book of Boba Fett. You know, yep. he like yeah, he gets
2: his Mando. own episode. Yeah, there's a whole episode that completely oh. belongs to Mando, and then I mean, half, half much of another episode. one that went to Grogu. Yeah, yeah, you could say much Mando. Too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just nuts. But yeah, I think um, that's just such a that <laughs> the, I know. I know it's like a it's like beating a dead horse. But the writing with, with Book of Boba Fett season one, it's like I don't understand why they just didn't. They weren't able to just make that into Mandalorian season three. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it really felt like there was so much in those three episodes that could have been used in season three to further the plot in such a a meaningful way and i think that's what people are really upset about with season with season three is the lack of kind of development in certain aspects And i think that you had such a clear development in in in, you know you had book of boba fett you had those three episodes you had the one episode where mando is with with the armor and with paz where you learn a lot more about mandalorian culture and the dark saber even have a trial of the Darksaber, which is just such a crazy thing to throw in, like a random episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And then you have episode six with Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka and Grogu and Jedi training. And, and then, you know, like... Don't oh, forget my boy there R2. Was, there was just <laughs> so much. Yeah, R2 too. There was just so much there that they totally could have used in season three of Mando that I think they almost kind of, they used up a lot of their story in those, in those for like those three episodes that kind of left a hole in season three a little bit
2: Um, if you listen to the one podcast that i did with vic and brian in the beginning of season of mando i made a mention how upset i was that they never put in any recap what happened in book of boba fett Mm -hmm. and i still like am upset that they never incorporated not even in like the individual episodes they left you completely hanging if you didn't watch book of boba fett you walked into it saying why is Grogu back? Yeah. What is happening? Like, did I miss something? You did. You absolutely did. Why is he on this big mission to go to Mandalore? Like everything why that drove he... the season was driven by what happened in Book of Boba Fett. And yet we didn't explore what? that. And that why
0: was why is neat. he
1: flying uh Anakin Skywalkers and one starfighter? <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: And that was me too, because I, you know, I didn't think that I needed the book of Boba Fett to watch season three of the Mandalorian. So, you know, when I watched that, that first episode, I was very confused because I had just, you know, I was, um, I was binging it. So I had just finished, you know, the last episode of season two and he's back. And I was just so confused and I had to go look it up. Um, And I think that actually, you know, Goes to a larger point about the show too, because I think they kind of assume that you're all extremely online, and you know, not everyone is online. Not everyone knows that you need to have yeah. that that backstory to understand and enjoy the show. Um, yeah, and I think some of the extremely online not- ness too may have also hurt um hurt the expectations for this final episode because you know like if you were on twitter there's a lot of talk like there are a lot of expectations right like people were saying that someone was going to die right there was the expectation that one either bo um grogu or din were going to die um you know there's a lot of chatter over the spies which kind of was led into from the last episode and kind of a little bit of a theme of the series but you know there's just like all this talk and it was and so cameos. built up yeah exactly people
2: were expecting cameos like why what, 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 round. what would it yeah. serve like no we just they've assembled everyone that needs to be there they're there we don't always need someone to bail you out like they did mm-hmm. in season two i mean don't get me wrong it was awesome to see Lou skywalker but like christ part of the whole journey was mandalorians themselves without external help retaking mm-hmm. their world
0: working All, together know,
2: exactly exactly so that was the whole point was to show like they were fractured because of themselves look we need a leader in the form of Bo-Katan who did it led them assembled everyone showed up and then just took out Gideon and the whole base why yeah. because they finally worked together there was no strife they didn't you know you were I was kind of expecting them to have like a little bit of a moment where they were kind of unsure about things but That's you know true. what once they, once uh, Paz Vizla did that big speech, I knew right then we're they're good. They're on the same page and we're going to move forward.
0: I think that it would be, I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't have cameos in this finale because I think you can't beat season two's finale. Like it was mm-hmm. so unexpected. And I know I did a double take and was like, wait, is that really him? And then R2-D2 was there and I was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. And I don't think that would have worked a second time because everyone, like you said, was like expecting something
1: mm-hmm. to be honest. I really wasn't expecting any, I wasn't expecting any cameo I, at the most. You I have, was expecting like, like Finn Rao. Like I know there was a lot of talk about Finn. I mean, I don't know. You have to watch rebels to know who Finn Rao is. I apologize if you guys haven't
0: seen no, You're good.
1: Um, yeah, Fenrao, I mean, was a big um, big part of the original kind of retaking of Mandalore with Bo Katan and Sabine Wren. Meanwhile, Sabine Wren missing from this season, big issues with that. I mean, she was uh very, very crucial to the Mandalore plot. Um, I think there was a lot of aspects of Clone Wars and Rebels that were missing from this season. And I'm and I kind of wonder if that's from the lack of Filoni because he was busy with Ahsoka. Um Favreau probably you know, I'm just wondering, I, I'm, I'm wondering if Felony was more involved or if he, if he wasn't as involved, because there certainly felt like a lack of um, Clone Wars rebels kind of because we know, Anthony, you just talked about um, how everybody kind of came together so easily, how the two clans came together. And that's such a big plot because, and again, you're going to have to see Clone Wars to understand this, but you have the two factions of death watch you have Bo-Katan's faction and then you have the faction that kind of lived on Concordia that were the descendants you know the children of the watch they're they're the they're the other faction of of death watch that kind of stayed loyal to Darth Maul after he after he took over Mandalore he killed Pre Vizsla with you know he claimed the dark saber and then there was death watch Mandalorians who were loyal to him you know the children of the watch these are are their children so they're kind of sworn enemies in a sense Bo-Katan you know betrayed death watch essentially and left and formed her own faction and they both walk like completely different you know ways of life and they're they are just like sworn enemies they they mention that um i think moff gideon mentions that like he you know he he says um you know like bo is with like the children of the watch or something like that and he's like that's impossible they're sworn enemies and we kind of really never get like a we get like a little bit of it we don't really kind of get like a backstory into that and I I really thought we were kind of going to get like another kind of civil war between the two factions this season before they kind of come together to take Mandalore and to be honest like I I was kind of expecting that so I was really surprised when you know the armorer and Bo-Katan kind of joined forces so quickly Mm -hmm. um I wasn't I wouldn't say I was frustrated it just was like you know you have such a rich history and a rich lore with Mandalore and to kind of I mean, I guess maybe it's just turning the page and starting a new, right? You know, writing. You know, um, I think that was kind of like the sense that they wanted to. You know, the armor was like, you know, we all need to kind of come together.
0: It's it seemed like a little bit of a missed opportunity, and I, you you touched on that this this clash of clans for maybe even a, an overarching season arc because that could have been really cool, and I think that could have you know one of the criticisms of the season has been that Mando didn't really have a whole lot of development. And I think that could have really, um, you know, caused him to wrestle with this, these other ways of being a Mandalorian and, you know, he, he did that a little bit, but it seemed like it was just kind of, um, there, there wasn't that focus on it. And that could have been really okay. interesting.
1: I, I I kind of think of it in like a game of Thrones sense. I, I think Mando could have been like a pseudo Jon Snow in a sense where you kind of bring everybody together. Right. Cause I hate to, I, I, you know, I hate to relate it, but the Mandalore plot is so similar to like Game of Thrones stuff. You know, you have Bo-Katan who's kind of like Daenerys. She's like the, the exiled like heir to the throne essentially. And there's a, there's a lot of people who don't think that she does, you know, that don't think she deserves, doesn't think she deserves the throne. And um, I kind of felt like there was such an opportunity there for, Din to be the middleman and bring together two completely different groups of people. And like there was such an opportunity there for development that it it almost felt like they, you know, they they could have died, like they could have went deeper into that and they never did. And it was more so like Din kind of joined the children of the watch, never removed his helmet.
0: Do you think um, that do you think that when um when he, Mando supported you know, her with the Darksaber and basically said that, you know, it's hers on this this technicality. Do you think that that was like-
1: They totally wrote themselves into a corner with that. I mean, they, I don't even know why. I I hate to like harp on it so much. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with making them, with making Mando and Bo-Katan enemies for a little while and then Mm -hmm. kind of bringing them back together the Bokatan from <clears throat> Clone Wars definitely would have like fought Din over the the dark saber and <laughs> it just kind of feels like I, I don't know you have such a change of heart in Bokatan without such a <clears throat> an explanation of that even in from the uh, season 2 finale she looks so angry that Din has the has the dark saber and, and Moff Gideon kind of ca- like taunts her about it you know like and you kind of get this sense that they're going to be like there's going to be come you know like they're going to be enemies for a little while and i just think that they kind of wrote themselves into a corner if they didn't want to make bokatan and din you know enemies for a little while then they kind of like gave it to her on a technicality right like yeah
0: do you think and, and Red, i'm curious on your thoughts too do you think that this is why um you know the darksaber met the end that it got you know after like it was super important right you know you have to have the dark saber to rule mandalor you know obviously we just talked about the you know town getting it but obviously it was a big um plot with moff gideon and in what was at the end of season 1 and just like throughout star wars properties and then it's just busted
1: yeah i mean the dark saber <laughs> is such a crucial kind of it's just it's it's it, i don't know <clears throat> that was my biggest problem with the finale i, I really enjoyed the finale i really I really did like it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I just thought, I I love big action sequences like that. And it was just, it was like on such a grand scale that I and the cinematography was great. It it looked great. So I really enjoyed that. The one aspect I didn't like was just, you know destroying the dark saber. I I was not a fan of that. Mainly because I feel like they didn't know how to write the story of the dark saber. They didn't know what to do with it next. They've committed to Bo-Katan she's the ruler of mandalore and that she does it, it kind of seems like they're accepting that they're turning the page on everything that they've done mandalore was and they're completely re- starting anew which maybe isn't a terrible thing when mandalore has been completely destroyed and you want to start anew on mandalore but yeah i mean overall I, I just i don't know i i feel like there's so much more left to do with with certain mandalorian aspects
0: what do you think red
2: so it's funny you mentioned the dark saber question to me because Maybe you missed it, but I wrote it in Discord uh, like a thought I had about it. I'm like, yes, I'm kind of sad that the Darksaber were destroyed. I mean, it's a quite a crucial and important weapon, as we mentioned, but the fact that they were stuck in this ancient way of death, the only way for someone to rule was by possessing a weapon. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very, what, Arthurian? The best way to put it?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great, great way of describing it.
2: But at this point, I think it was the trials that Bo went through this season alongside Mandalorian that shows that it doesn't matter if she had the dark saber or not by the point that she actually had it literally handed to her. She had earned it through mm-hmm. her leadership. And, and my comment ultimately was even though the weapon signified the role, it's the fact that Bo this season so- showed that she was in, she had that role in, it was innate to her it, it was mm-hmm. just already there within and adding the the dark saber you could almost i wouldn't even call it an asterisk or anything just like it was there to signify the the moment when it was mm-hmm. apparent so that the other mandalorians could see it at that point it didn't matter if she had it that thing could have been thrown in the trash as soon as it happened but it was when the other mandalorians realized it and that's what set the course for her and yet again it really sucks that it got destroyed in that manner but it doesn't matter we got to see her do a very important ritual mm-hmm. she relit the forge there in relief mandalore like that's that's yep. like going to mecca that's going to jerusalem that's your big holy moment she did it it was her
0: do you, i think that you know if you look at I'm glad you mentioned like that she didn't really need it at the end too because you know in that in that and I keep calling it the pilot but it's not it's the first episode of season three. Like she, we meet her and she's like sprawled on her throne, right? She's depressed. She's like scoffing at uh, at Mando, just saying like she doesn't have the dark saber. What what could she do essentially? And now by the end, you know, it's it's totally different. And I think she re- like her character had a lot of growth over the season and I think that you know that's a really interesting arc for her and she's in a different place and um more worthy of being you know the ruler of the Mandalorian so I thought I think that was really fun and just really great storytelling um
2: you know something almost expected to happen it's a little cheesy forgive me listeners but it would have been neat that at the very end they showed the Mandalorian and then an S kind of slowly faded in the Mandalorian's Ooh. just because the way that they handle it, it we're not just focusing on one singular storyline because we spent a good amount of time with her as well and if you think about it by the end of this finale what is grogu he is a mandalorian now his he dad is. put him forth so you could almost say this is the mandalorians and you're telling multiple stories you're telling that of din Jaren, that of din grogu that of bokatan it was just like a thing i was like i gotta mention this to somebody because i had the thought
1: I think they're going for another TV show, honestly, with Bo Katan and Mandalore. A separate one? That's the that's like the kind of feeling that I got from that. Like you, you kind of split everybody up in a sense. You you send Din off with Grogu, you send them back to kind of season one kind of aspect, you know. I mean, they kind of like said it, you know, we're on a case by case basis. It's like we're doing episode of the week, you know, like <laughs> um they kind of set it, you know, like so that that's where we're headed with season four. And you can't really just leave all these characters just there doing nothing um so i think they'll probably i could see them kind of doing a season of maybe bo Bo katan armor you know axe axe woves and Mm um oscar reeves you know like just rebuilding mandalore i would love to see that there's more to do with the mythosaur yeah There's, there's more to do with you know mandalore itself rebuilding the capital city um so yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see another, <clears throat> like a Mandalore show. I think not, that there's, there's kind of a lot of room for it.
0: Not everyone is going to be happy that Mandalore is back, right? Essentially, and not everyone is going to be happy with how Mandalore um, is going to be governed. You know, there the three factions essentially have peace right now. Is it three right now? Yeah. But, you know, maybe we'll get, or is it four? I, I've lost track. Um you know, maybe there'll be, maybe that Civil War storyline you mentioned before, you know, could come into play in a season four. Um
1: It would be kind of redundant if they did. A, so it's again, to kind of reference Clone Wars and Rebels again, we didn't see anybody from Clan Saxon and they were mm-hmm. the, they were the enemies in Clone Wars and Rebels. They, they were the, the faction of Mandalorians, the Clan of Mandalorians that basically took Imperial, like they were <clears throat> under imperial order and basically they ruled mandalore because the empire allowed them to essentially so no. i think that there's there's um still room for like a storyline there of i mean <clears throat> would it be redundant to do saxon empire story again maybe a little bit but um i think that they could get creative if they have good writing
0: um now we have i want to get into a little bit more specifics and you know besides just what we were talking about and kind of um get your general opinions on a few things and then we're going to talk about questions um so you know favorite moments from this um this finale and least favorite moments and red i'm gonna go ahead and you know put you on the spot for this
2: oh i definitely know my favorite moment it was um there where grogu (laughs) was fighting alongside din when they were going up against the Praetorian Guards, I almost really liked the moment before while he still had the IG unit and everything, but it was just really cool just seeing him using the force in little bits, you know, he wasn't even going so so hard with it. He just did enough to push their weapons away or to get them in a spot, and I never really thought I'd see Grogu and and, and the Mando teaming up, so <laughs> thinking that like, hey, we're only along, imagine how future action sequences could be when when grogu himself can start shooting and, and meleeing and stuff and whenever um i'm sure his powers in the force are going to grow there's no way he's going to give that up so it's just it's neat to see what they could possibly do and it, it was just cool seeing how little he was and how capable he was and you got to admit praetorian guards are like the toughest SLBs in the galaxy, and they took out three of them. And he didn't even have weaponry except for like one gun. Like imagine a fully armed, like set up Mando. He probably could have taken at least one by himself. But seeing them three team up was awesome.
0: Do you think the Praetorian Guards in you know this this episode were um, were basically equivalent to those in the Last Jedi? Were they as as badass for lack of a better?
2: Part. no i think they were a little sop but that happens i understand for the sake of it mandel ha- could had to come out of that one so um yeah i mean but then as the far as my is... least favorite moment just before i forget it um i wasn't that crazy about the whole clone thing because now it opened up the discourse for people mm-hmm. to say is it possible that that gideon himself was a clone that's like the only thing I, I didn't care for just because I know that's going to be the thing talked about until we get an official <laughs> answer one day.
0: And I think we're going to talk about that again, too, in a little bit, because that was one of our questions. But Drew, how about you? What was your favorite moment and your like least favorite moment?
1: Um, <clears throat> favorite moments? I mean, I think the whole kind of last 20 minutes of the episode were, was kind of my favorite when you get that huge kind of action sequence it, it like felt like a, like a clone wars almost kind of scene you have all the mandalorians flying in with the jetpacks against like the, the imperial you know um is, uh, is it imperial super commandos i don't remember the specific name of the troopers but yeah i just love that whole kind of action sequence i love the the moff gideon mandalorian helmet and he looked super cool with that, man. I, I really loved that. It's going to make for like some cool like merchandise, you know, people are going to go crazy for that. But um, I thought there was some good action. I, I, I liked the, you know, the Mando and Bo-Katan and Grogu versus Moth Gideon. And I <laughs> I like the part when Grogu does like a little knee slide <laughs> that kind of mirrors uh, Bo-Katan and and, and Mando. Um, so, yeah, I, like the last, like, the you know, the final battle was... Definitely one of my favorite aspects. My least favorite, I already mentioned I didn't like the Darksaber being destroyed. I think because a lot of Star Wars fans have a personal attachment to that kind of storyline. I did not like in the very beginning how quickly Grogu um, saves Din. I thought that was a little bit cheap. Um, I don't think we ever really saw him going back and how he got back into the base. I don't think there was ever really kind of a Explanation, unless I missed something. I mean, did you guys see anything? I, I kind of I've seen some comments like we don't really know how he got back in there.
2: Um, <laughs> I remember Grogu took off while Paz visla was holding off everybody. Like he had taken off before even the Mandalorians mm-hmm. had. So, yeah, yep. I
1: don't know. I, I, like, regardless, it was kind of unexplained. It was maybe mm-hmm. something you have to like you know look in the background for, but. Mm-hmm. Um. I, yeah. I also, I forgot to mention, I really liked the hallway fight scene. That was <laughs> like very daredevil. Like yep. I really liked that. It felt very like daredevil kind of choreography. I, I really dug that. That was cool. I, I almost kind of forgot about that because it was in the beginning of the episode, but that was a highlight for me too. So yeah, I, I really, um, y- you know, there's some story bits that, you know, maybe I don't love, but I, I really liked this finale. I thought it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and thinking about the things that I like, you know, I and and didn't like, there was, I think, so much more that I liked than I didn't like. And, you know, I guess I'll mention a couple specific moments. You know, that final scene I thought was just lovely where they're on the the cabin in Navarro and Grogu has the little frog. And you know, we we fade down to that circle. That was mm-hmm. just super cute. Um, I I loved the scene with um with our five. And yes. Yeah, you mentioned that, and and like the little mouse droids, and he just you know jetpacks away. I, that was so cute, and it reminded me of um, you know that famous R two D two scene, where you know he's saving everyone else's butt. So I thought that was kind of a nice callback to to the older movies. Um, and I I liked everything with Carson Teva, because mm-hmm. I really liked the actor. Um, and I, you know, it, it's, it's somewhat jarring for me too, because I'm so used to seeing him from Kim's convenience. Appa. So, yep, appa, exactly. And like, I I hear the appa voice and I just like, and now he's in the star Wars clothes. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, there's a disconnect there, but I'm enjoying all of it. Um, as far as stuff I didn't like, like this was a very action packed episode in a very short a period of time. Right. And I think that I wanted a little bit more time to breathe between the action sequences. And I think there was a moment where they're in the garden, right? In the underground caves, you know, they're having their Jurassic Park moment. It's like life persists, but really, Mm -hmm. you know, if you watch Jurassic Park, it's like life finds a way. Um, I would have liked (laughs) to spend just maybe another minute there because there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And that was just very pretty and it's just a moment to breathe. So I wish we had spent more time there.
2: I have one honorable mention. Okay. I'd, I'd say the coolest shot in the episode, though, was when Bo-Katan was leading the charge and unsheathed the yep. Darksaber. You gotta admit, that was, that looked, it looked so cool, man. Like, that was like, that's a moment you're gonna remember, like, similar the way you think back mm-hmm. in certain moments with the original trilogy. I'm like, I'm never gonna forget that shot of Bo-Katan flying, dark saber in hand, leading yep. Very a cool. crap ton of Mandalorians, man.
0: Now, I wanna... You know, it kind of reminding me of that a little bit is, you know, some of our questions because, you know, so my, my, I guess my main question, and this is a question that, um, that Blacklight also asked us in our Discord is Gideon really dead? Do you guys, what are your thoughts?
1: Mm, I made a tweet the other day. I was like, season four, episode seven, somehow Gideon returned. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I feel like we're heading towards that. And, at this point, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, kind of like they like to put Gideon in the last two episodes to give them a villain of the season. I mean, is he dead? Could it have been one of his clones? I mean, that's a great, somebody should tell John Favreau that, you know, <laughs> he could write that in and bring Giancarlo Esposito back. Um, I think that's, there's definitely a possibility is, you know, is, is he dead? Um, a lot of people mentioned that he had no mustache and his hair was gray and it, that's not how he looked last season. and I think that was because um, if you ever noticed, or if you noticed there was a very little amount of John Carlos and I think that he was probably filming something else that required him not to have a mustache, mm-hmm. not to dye his hair, you know, like, so I would have seen that's probably why he that's why they probably put them in the put him in the helmet, because there was really no kind of backstory to like, besides the fact that he was on Mandalor. Um As to why he had the the Mandalorian helmet on, I would assume probably because he wasn't really available for filming for a good portion of the Moff Gideon stuff. Um, Could they kind of retcon that into it was one of his clones and he was somewhere else? Absolutely. Um, I don't see any reason why not. Would people hate that? Probably. Would some people like that? Probably. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and i want to ask real quick too and and this is also to to anthony when he you know when he talks about you know if he thinks gideon is dead do you think that his like gideon's death was was meat like should he have died in battle or is like the this fiery spaceship crashing down on him you know a a good end for him
2: i think Um, it's good um, end because at the same time it signifies how everything just went wrong and blew up in his face, literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. A couple days before, everything was peachy keen and then Mandalorian shows up again for mm-hmm. the second time and ruins his life. Like season Third one, time. you're right. Jeez, man.
0: <laughs> He's the big bad of all three seasons, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. right? No,
2: I just... i I'm thinking was thinking back. Yeah. But it was like season one, he, he knocked him out of that TIE fighter, thought he was dead, left him there. Season two... Helps him get captured and taken away. Thinks he's dead. And then, boom, surprise, I'm still here. Like, Christ, I I do feel bad for Mando. You really think you've gotten rid of this guy? And he keeps popping back up. Mando even says to Grogu, we're never going to be safe until this guy is gone. So I need you to be brave and let's go take him on. And then they did.
0: That moment was just so, like... Heartwarming. You know, that should have been in the in the top moments too, I think, because that is I sh- I, that was just phenomenal.
2: Yeah. When he's like Grogo, I need you to be brave. That yep. was just like Yeah. I know. He he is no longer just a Mandalorian. He is a dad. Exactly. In, but like that was the moment where it's like, you the know,
1: Dadalorian. Yeah. The <laughs> Dadalorian. And that's what I
2: like there about the very ending when when he spoke up for Grogu and said, you know, like I speak on his behalf. I want him to to become a My apprentice and everything the way they tied it from the beginning of the episode there to the end it was just beautiful
1: yeah so i'm gonna mention something real quick i i had a so earlier early in the season i kind of had a theory um once there was some um there were some rumors that he had a mandalorian helmet so i had some ideas about that um I, you know, earlier in the season I was going to write an article about how he wasn't really Moff Gideon where the, obviously this, just, this didn't transpire and you know, I, I kind of wish it would have, cause it felt like a bit cool, but where he kind of wasn't Moff Gideon anymore. He was just Gideon. Um, and one of the kind of evil exiled factions of Mandalorians break him out of prison and he becomes a Mandalorian, a part of their Mandalorian tribe. Yeah. And, and, then you have those two Mandalorian factions fighting for who retakes Mandalore and essentially Gideon becomes a Mandalorian because he hasn't because he's kind of like he was captured. He's kind of become invalidated by the Empire. um, So he has nowhere left to go. And I felt like that would have been like a really um, like a great story to see both Din and the Children of the Watch and then getting the flip side of that and seeing Gideon with another Mandalorian faction and just seeing kind of like, you know, kind of getting like a mirror of the two, like the yin and the yang, almost in a sense. I, um, that was just like an idea I had. And I, I kind of wish they pursued that, or I wish I wish we could have got something close to that, but, you know, obviously we didn't.
0: All right, so, you know, obviously, you know, there's some maybe a little bit of interesting thoughts on whether or not he, Gideon's a clone or whether or not he's actually dead. You know, Blacklight from our Discord had a question sort of related to that. And he wanted to know, you know, do we think the Gideon cloning storyline set up, you know, all the way back when we first saw Gideon, uh, you know, is it connected to Palpatine's cloning programs? um, Or is it just, you know, one of Gideon's side projects because he kept it secret from Hux and, you know, the other folks at the Shadow Council?
2: My initial thought is that it could be a little bit of both. So, It had something to do with Palpatine's cloning and the fact that he was able to find the engineer in Dr. Pershing and then the resources to start getting the cloning process started, right? But at the same time, he was keeping it like, hey, not to the forefront, you know, as Blacklight even mentions that he kept it a secret from Hux and the other warlords. So I'd call it a little bit of both.
1: I would agree. Um, Yeah, I think it's definitely... They are definitely heading towards, uh, they're building up to, you know, they're, um, I think they're trying to do it justice, which is so funny because the Palpatine storyline, I mean, there's kind of rumors that Ian McDiarmid kind of came in at the last second for Palpatine. So it kind of feels like it was an idea that they threw together at the last second, and now they kind of have a whole faction of Star Wars that's kind of dedicated to validating this story that a lot of people thought was just totally bogus. But yeah, to answer the question, I, I do. Um, you have a connection between the Bad Batch. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen. I don't know if you guys have seen the Bad Batch, but there is a pretty big cloning storyline with Camino in the first season of Bad Batch, where basically the the cloning um, I forgot what the Kaminoans basically are taken by the Empire um, for their cloning research that probably leads to this where, you know, you have Gideon now cloning, trying to imbue himself with, or, you know, infuse the force into his clones. And obviously we, we, we see that that's successful because Snoke eventually does have the, he wields the force and we know he's a clone. So eventually that we know that that kind of, whatever they're doing there is successful. I think, um, I don't remember, somebody mentioned Project Necromancer.
0: With Pershing, um, right?
1: no it was in the shadow council they mentioned uh like a very quickly they said something about project necromancer and i mean i would assume that that's probably palpatine stuff you know
0: so do you think that do you Uh, think that'll come you know back project necromancer will we see that expanded upon or will it be just something in the galaxy that we're not
1: yeah um I do. Uh, probably in the culmination movie, I think we'll probably like get some. We'll probably see the Shadow Council again. We'll probably see Hux's dad, um, Pelion, Thron. I, I, I would almost like. I, I would love to see Moff Gideon and Thron interact because it's very clear that they don't really like each other. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd been really great for Thron to be the one to kill Moff Gideon. Um, but yeah, I, I think that'll come back, and because uh, there is going to become like a, this story is going to come to an end. Thron is going to lose eventually. Um, there's going to be an end to the story and there's going to be the sequel trilogy. And how do you tie those together? More than likely, it's going to be the cloning stuff with Palpatine. You know, you're going to have Thrawn lose. You're going to have Gideon's going to lose. Um, I mean, we don't know, actually, because the First Order, I mean, they're successful. So I would assume that, you know, if Thrawn and Gideon lose, it's it. it keeps the empire alive somehow and that's probably through cloning With I'm, you know they, they're they're able to make Snoke you know
0: I'm so glad you mentioned Thrawn because I know one of um like uh, there was a lot of speculation about this episode and people thought well maybe we'll see Thrawn um did you guys ever think that was a possibility when you know obviously we'll we're gonna see him in Ahsoka um yeah, but, Thrawn is
1: uh Thrawn is very far away yeah yeah, yeah he's uh, some he's somewhere you know <clears throat> him and ezra are uh, somewhere unreachable obviously <laughs> and pelion kind of hints towards that he's like you know they're they're working on his grand they're working on a grand plan to bring him back and that, i mean obviously that's gonna what's going to come to fruition in ahsoka you're going to see that plan you're going to see them i would assume most of ahsoka you know ahsoka is going to further a lot of the plot that you see from mandalorian this season with the new republic and the empire you're gonna see you know ahsoka and sabine looking for ezra and then you're gonna have on the flip side you're gonna have other people looking for thrawn and i would assume probably it ends with both of them coming back and and we continue on from there you know
2: your comments just made me realize that the episode the jedi of season two of the mandalorian was a backdoor pilot for ahsoka it
0: was I indeed, think that's because, true yeah. Uh, it's been a long
2: time was, since I've seen a show actually become a backdoor pilot out of something else especially this big like
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is yeah. cuz you know, uh you have uh, Morgan Elspeth in the trailer she's the nice sister um um you know with the best car staff she mm-hmm. she's back in and you know we see her in the trailer she's in actually uh if you notice if you look at the trailer she's in the same ship that you see Thrawn walking in um you see the shot of you know behind thrawn you see them in the same ship together she is the the difference between the shot is one is at night and one is during the day and i think that was kind of to try and throw the audience off but Mm -hmm. you can see they're in the same ship so whatever is going on with thrawn she's obviously involved and um and clearly you know ahsoka knows that she knows ahsoka knows that she that morgan ellsbeth knows where thrawn is essentially so I i think we're heading towards that so
0: um so i have a couple of things that i'm gonna like ask you guys about and not quite rapid fire but i just want you know your opinion so nobody rode the mythosaur at the end of the episode are you sad about that did you
2: absolutely yeah
0: yeah (laughs) first episode
2: of the show we literally quill you know telling him hey your people once rode the great mythosaur and nobody rode the damn (laughs) mythosaur and i'm just curious why they showed the shot of his eye like it looked like grogu talked to it through the forest did it not mm. was that okay so it wasn't just me because it was know. like he had the moment where like he's focusing and then all of a sudden like the camera switches over to the mythosaur and he opens up his eye and i'm like did he tell him something like is there some quiet communication that theories yeah right? i've seen
1: some theories that people are like you know grogu's is mandalore because he was you know he awakened the mythosaur i don't know uh maybe i'll touch on that eventually but yeah i think the mythosaur stuff was a missed opportunity especially because you hint at it in in episode two um that kind of gave me the sense that it's like you know we're gonna get the mythosaur at the end of the season you know that like a very cliche plot is you hinted something toward at the beginning of the season and then it comes to fruition at the end of the season and then you even have bo katan spending like two episodes trying to convince the armor that the mythosaur is real Yep. um and you get to the point where she believes her, and and then it just feels like kind of none of that really matters. Matters, and yeah. you're even at the at the end. You're even in the same like you know water. I don't know, is it a lake? I don't even know what it is under that underground.
0: Like it's the, the 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 waters that he was the living waters or something. The like living waters it. yeah. Yeah. It's it essentially
1: underwater an underwater lake. lake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like you're there. It's like that, that was the perfect opportunity to. The mythosaur to show up, but
0: yeah, I think we get
1: that in the future.
0: It fits, you know, in the lines with a, a lot of the criticism of season three is that they set up something, they set up this mythosaur, and they didn't pay it off in the finale, and like that, that leaves your audience disappointed. And you know, it's so I can understand why people would be frustrated with that if they were had this expectation, if they just like it was lined up for them and it didn't happen. Somebody mentioned Grogu, somebody mentioned, you know, maybe Grogu force, you know, using the force to talk to the Missasaur. So I want to circle back to him, because I think there's a lot in this finale that, like, happened with him. And it also um, goes to Alex's question, which we'll talk about later. Um, So were you guys disappointed he didn't say a word? Were you expecting that?
1: He did say a word. I'm I'm convinced that he said this is the way in in that one scene um oh yeah, you really told me this season.
2: before yeah i'm
1: totally convinced that he, he he if you go back and listen to it you can i can literally like you know you can exact you can hear exactly what he's saying i i don't almost honestly feel like they intended that to be his first words and the audience nobody just picked up on it and they just never <laughs> acknowledged it like i i almost feel like because there was a pause when when he said it there was a pause book and Din not both back at him like did you just say something and then none of the audience ever really picked up on that. Nobody said anything like after the episode. So I almost feel like that was like they intended that to be his first words, and just nobody picked up on it. But um, I think it undoes a little bit of Grogu if he starts talking. Um, <laughs> the, the, this is Disney after all, and you have to keep some cute factor in there. Um, I think the the noises, uh, you know, the little like patu and. the noises i i I can't see them maybe he'll say like words like just one word but i can't see him talking like yoda you know
0: well alex asked us a question and he wanted to know if we thought you know we'd have an older din grogu when we um when we get to star wars heir to the empire and you know maybe that grogu could talk what do you what what are your thoughts on star wars heir to the empire and older din grogu like all of that
1: I don't think i don't really think so Grogu is 50 around something like a uh, 50. uh yoda lived to 900 i think it was something like that 900. so i mean it's like almost like you're doing it in dog years but like the opposite right like um you know i'm trying to think they're in, i'm trying to play out the timeline in my head because they're in like nine uh, yeah, anyways, I, I don't think there's enough time for him to really, like, age a dramatic amount. I mean, I think there's maybe, like, maybe 15, 20 years in between Mando and, and the sequel trilogy, maybe less. So, it's a matter of, like, would Grogu dramatically age like that? I don't think so. I think he's going to probably be a child for a while. I mean, maybe in the Ray movie. we got, like, a little bit of an older Grogu, but... Um, I just can't see them i mean maybe like maybe they'll do another trilogy someday about grogu where he's older and he's an adult um but yeah at the moment right now i I don't see him getting much older
0: so we're not gonna see a teenage grogu like a teenage Mm Groot in guardians of the galaxy maybe
1: maybe someday i i would that would be cool i just think that everybody loves baby yoda like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's just you know that's really what at the end of the day, that's what drew people to the show in the beginning. I, I love Mandalorians. I love the Mandalorian plot in Clone Wars. I was like, bring on more Mandalorians. But without Baby Yoda,
2: you, this show does not become what it is.
0: What do you I'm think? Like, Sorry, go ahead.
2: I'm like Werner Herzog in, in one of the first episodes. I would like I would to, like see, to the see the baby. baby. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the baby. I'm here for the baby. So uh, am I hoping for him to be older? No. No. I like him the way he is. <laughs> yep.
0: There's he your goes. answer,
2: Alex. Sorry, buddy, but no.
0: Um, so you know, Grogu—he's not just Grogu; he's Din Grogu. Um, he's adopted by—he's um, adopted by Mando. You know, we get all that name stuff, which I know has been controversial on the internet you know is he yeah, is he din grogu thoughts. is he Jin grogu like what what's the
1: deal i have thoughts all I right share them well like you have to explain it because it's like why is he din grogu you know you have all these other mandalorians who take on their last their family name it's like what was din his family name like is, is it Jaren din like is he is it like you know like is his first name his last name uh it just was a little confusing you know like when i heard that i was like you know maybe they just thought didn't grogu rolls off the tongue better you know than grogu jar and you know uh i don't know i i hope it gets i hope they elaborate on it i hope somebody explains why i mean i i, I you know i'm all into mandalorian culture and i really was not expecting that
2: but yeah I'll say this as a Latino naming conventions just don't matter anymore. You get what you get. You roll with it. That's your name. That's it.
0: (laughs) Um, all right. So do you guys, there's a line, I think where they talk about, um, that he's going to have to go on quests, right? Like, because he's an apprentice, like, do you have any thoughts on who Mando was apprenticed to, or is this like settled in your mind?
1: Um, I don't really think it's anybody important, honestly. I mean, they, they, it would be cool to get, like, a prequel. Like, you know, like the first episode of Bad Batch, you see uh, Kanan Jarrus with his, like, um, master, and unfortunately you see her die in Order 66, and you kind of... That kind of helps to flesh out the understanding of Kanan and the trauma and stuff like that and why he doesn't trust clones and rebels. And, um, you know, you see a little bit about why... Uh, Din hates uh, droids because of, you know, the, his family dying from droids. I think there's always an opportunity to do flashbacks in season four to you know Mando with his um, master, I guess, if you want to call him that. Um, and kind of mirror what's going on. It, it, it helps to provide context into the way that Din acts. Um, I think it would be cool, but I, is it somebody important? I I don't know. I don't think so. Cause he grew up with the children of the watch. I mean, is there a member of house Vizsla? That was one of his, it could just be somebody random. I mean, they're kind of starting to introduce random Mandalorians with names that we're not really familiar with. So is it going to be somebody that we know? Probably not.
0: So you um, don't, you don't think it's the armor then?
2: No,
1: no. I think they're probably around the same age. Um, yeah it's got to be an elder i mean
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know i mean there's a lot of there's definitely a lot to do there the you know death watch is not just pre and 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 it's not just one person there's a lot of members of death watch to flesh out um flesh out some of that story would be pretty cool um i make a lot of clone wars references so i do apologize about that but there's just a lot a lot of story there that uh a lot of opportunity to
0: build on do you guys have any final thoughts and you know about, about season three of The Mandalorian? Is there anything that you wish that, you know, that you want people to know or that you wish um, kind of wish for the future of the series that you want to share? Or the characters?
2: So, one thing I did not expect, and it's still a little bit of a shock as a Houstonian that one of our owns would show up in freaking Star Wars, man, Lizzo is in <laughs> Star Wars. And then not just that, but she was Jack- in a relationship with Jack Black. Yeah. Like. And then they,
1: they this defeated This is a full sentence I'm saying that's real.
2: Yeah. Like.
0: And they babysat Grogu.
2: And they babysat <laughs> Grogu. And not just that, but Baby Grogu got knighted because he helped Lizzo cheat to win her little ball game.
1: Fever dream, you know, like
2: it's a it was a fever dream. And oh, by the way, Doc Brown is here, and he's the bad guy. I remember people were theorizing that he was gonna be this elder Mandalorian. That was, that, that you know, was me. I know, but you weren't the <laughs> only one thinking like stuff like that. And it's like, no, he's just this dude who's still loyal to uh-huh. the Empire. Like, what? Yeah. there he was in- loyal
1: to the Separatists. He was loyal to Count Dooku.
2: Oh yeah, separat- so he Sorry, was
1: loyal man. to the to the droids. That's why they had all those droids on um, on that dome planet, mm-hmm. which looks strikingly like Mandalore. And I was like, because I remember people were like. Not to get off topic for a second but they were that shot was in the trailer when they first arrived to that like city and they see a domed city and everybody was like oh my god it's a mandalore flashback we're gonna see mandalore and it was like uh that wasn't you know (laughs) it's such a tease you know like um but yeah like that was just such a fun episode like was i irked that it was like at the end of the season a little bit but it just is yeah i mean that that was just a nuts episode
0: there was a um, a meme, and I think Christopher Lloyd even like retweeted it. That basically had like a shot of the Mandalorian, like press image or something like that, and then a picture of him in front of you know the DeLorean from Back to the Future, and it was like the Mandalorian and then the man in the DeLorean. Damn. And Orion, I love yeah. that.
2: That's, I love that meme. <laughs> when when his episode was coming up, I was like, you know what? They should call him. They should call him and Dell. It sounds like a Star Wars name, and it's DeLorean flipped oh it's just a silly thought i had when i was like up and like having my coffee and i'm like Dale. Dale Orient. right i know just crazy things i come up with in the morning um but you another thing i really really liked about this season and it's left field is how mando warmed up to droids mm-hmm. he was like very like he needs his friends right to if i have to i'll work with this r5 because that's the only way i can go back to mandalore like he was willing to compromise one thing he was really strongly against because knowing the mission that he wanted to accomplish was way more prioritized and then guess what it did it opened up his relationship with r5 and then he started doing the whole thing for ig11 you know getting him all the parts rolling so that he could fix them up and then at the very end, he, instead of asking for like an advance payment in, in a form of a new ship or something, he asked for a new IG-11, fixes it, and then makes it the Marshall. So he takes yeah. care of two problems right there
0: can we can we go back real quick to the ig 11 and this was not in the end of the season but this is towards the beginning but those little guys and i'm forgetting their names and, 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 and zelens Zel- yeah. yeah that was so freaking cool and i just the that shot yeah like the gulliver's travel shot right where yes. mando is in the yes. the workshop was just like i loved that. That,
1: that, yeah, that that was awesome i i love the way they talk too it's just it's like <laughs> fraggle rock you know like yeah, yeah <laughs>
0: It reminded yeah. me of the dudes from, uh, men in black, I guess. Men yes. In black. Yep. Um, Where they're yeah. in the, co- like the coffee room. Like it just gave me those vibes. There's
1: something so star Wars about them, right? Like it's just, mm-hmm. just perfect.
0: Um, and I think we're just about at time. So, you know, thank you everyone for listening. It's been a great episode. Um, you can find all of our writing, all of our content at the cosmic circus.com. Um, and to, including our continuing coverage of Mando and any other Star Wars stuff. Um, so where can folks find you guys, uh, Anthony and Drew?
1: You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Drew reed 1099 um, I'm constantly tweeting my thoughts on everything. So always feel free to chime in if you want.
2: This is Anthony, and I had a great little chat with my friends here. You can find me on Twitter at Redova, R-E-D-O-V-A-H underscore.
0: And I'm Myla Ruby, and you can find me on Twitter at Tulin writes. Um, It's been wonderful, guys. I will see you and talk with you next time. Bye.